I'm Dano, and this is the Read Aloud Dinner Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping family units grow in love together by teaching them how to read aloud as a family. This is part one of a two-part series. And as I was recording it, it was a little long, and I thought, hey, let me break it up into two. So this is part one about scaffolding reading aloud as a family. And I think you'll find it really interesting. So we're gonna take the first part and then next week we're gonna finish it up. So this will be scaffolding learning or scaffolding reading aloud as a family, part one. Just a reminder, please rate this podcast and drop a review down below. It really helps me know what you're looking for. It can be a one star or a five star. I just want feedback. I want you talking to me and I don't care if it's terrible the whole time. I just want to hear from you and all feedback is helpful feedback. So please give me a review and that'll be it. So on to part one of scaffolding reading aloud at dinner. So what are we going to do today? We are going to talk about scaffolding learning or scaffolding reading aloud as a family. But first, but first, a poem. The poem that we're going to read today is a poem, of course, by Robert Louis Stevenson. And this poem is called The Cow. The friendly cow, all red and white, I love with all my heart. She gives me cream with all her might to eat with apple tart. She wanders lowing here and there, and yet she cannot stray. All in the pleasant open air, the pleasant light of day, and blown by all the winds that passed, and wet with all the showers. She walks among the meadow grass and eats the meadow flowers. The Cow by Robert Louis Stevenson. So, um... Every podcast now, I'm going to be reading a poem because it's again what I what I often do in my classes. It's education by poetry. I am for those that don't know me, my name is Daniel Bernstrom, um, but you can call me Dano, and I am an instructor, English instructor at a college in Minnesota, and I teach students English and I teach kids how to read and write. I'm also a picture book writer. And if you want to go find my books under Daniel Bernstrom, please, hey, I'm going to encourage you, please buy my books and support me that way. It's probably the best way to do it. So th- that's kind of the background about me. And um, But I started this podcast about reading aloud as a family because it's something that I struggled with. I really, I mean, I, my, I had a kid that struggled with reading. I was a busy father that burns the candle at two both ends and i realized that hey i need to stop working so hard well i don't know i didn't work necessarily my mother says that i that i'm still overcommitted and i spend too many plates and she's completely right i work harder than i should for example i'm you know this could be midnight by the time i'm done with this podcast And uh, then I'll be up early in the morning and back to writing and doing all that other stuff. So no, I'm, you know, it's probably unhealthy, but, (laughs) um, but I know many of us are out there like that. Many dads, many moms, 
are just are just trying to do everything that we can. And you know, even when I'm talking about this concept of reading aloud at dinner as a family, it's because I need it. If there's anyone who needs this podcast, it's me. And when I get to talk about it and I essentially get to remind myself about why this matters for my family. So if you want to learn something, you often have to teach it. (laughs) And that's what I'm doing right here. And I hope that you benefit from my struggle and my faults. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about scaffolding learning, how to read aloud as a family. And I mean, okay, scaffolding, we're going to break that down. So in order to build a building higher, you need to erect scaffolding. The scaffolding allows the builder, which is you, to finish areas of the house that are hard to reach. So if you think about it, right, scaffolding, when we talk about that in education, I'm an educator, and we talk about scaffolding learning, and oftentimes I think it's misapplied that metaphor because it's meant like, oh, you know, students need to to scaffold in order to <laughs> in order to climb higher. So, well, that's like that's called a laddering, or that's called a ladder, or that's called progressive steps. That's not really scaffolding. Scaffolding is meant for the builder. I mean, you could say that like a child constructs their own learning. I mean, I'll, I'll go with you on that one, but frankly, the child doesn't know what they're doing, and they 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 need a teacher for a reason. They need to be awakened, and that's what books do, and that's what teachers do. We awaken, or we pull back the cover on something, and we reveal things that students don't know, or we or we make things simple or plain. That's what teachers do. So scaffolding, in my, the way I view scaffolding as, a, as an instructor, is that scaffolding is for me. That when I am helping teach students how to learn something and I'm working on their lives and I'm looking working on their learning, I need to be able to access different parts of their knowledge or different parts of their brain and work on that certain section. They're missing something, so I have to build a scaffold and work on that. Well, if I have if I have that scaffold built, so that way when I need to get to there, I get to that certain aspect of their you know, what they need to learn, I can then put the scaffold up, climb the scaffold easily, do the work that I need in that area, and then finish the house. So the scaffolding allows the ability to finish the areas of the house. um, And so allows me, the teacher, to construct and finish areas that will allow the house to stand. So how are we going to talk about scaffolding and reading aloud as a family? Well, how do you build the framework in your family? Well, you want to build upward. I want to start with a foundation and then I want to build up. I want to have the foundation on my house that's that's solid. And I'd say that's ritual, right? That's making sure I'm doing something on a repeated basis. But then after I have that solid foundation, or maybe not. No, I'm going to take that back. It's not ritual. It's It's your reason. Uh, Sarah McKenzie in the Read Aloud Revival podcast. If you're not subscribed to that podcast, please go to Sarah McKenzie and check out the Read Aloud Revival. She's great. But she said something that was really interesting the last time I listened. And she said for someone asking her about, you know, like recommended books, 
she she made this statement. She she had um, and I'm gonna butcher it, Sarah. Sorry if you're ever listening to this. You probably are not, but if she's ever listening to this, she said basically, you know, have the end in mind. You know, what do I want my child to be or become? And she had this beautiful like three step process to get there. Well, that's Sarah McKenzie, very thoughtful. And if I was good, I would have written it down and I'll, I'll you know put that podcast in the show notes if I can get around to it. But I'm just going to get this done. Think of, have the end in mind. So I think, say that's your foundation. Having the end in mind is your why. Why am I doing this? For me as, a, as, an, as an overcommitted dad, I want to grow in love with my family. I want to grow in love with my kids. That's why I'm doing this. I have my why firmly set. What do I want for my kids? Well, I want them to love dad. And I want them to have positive relationships. And I want them to th- be able to say, oh, dad taught me things. Or I learned things with dad. That's my, that's my end goal. And then I want them to be able to read, al- read aloud at dinner. If I, I think the greatest thing that will happen to me before I die is if I go and visit my grandkids and my children are reading aloud at dinner. Well, grandpa's coming, grandpa's coming, and then they're reading at the table. Then I will have said, I did it. I did it. I, I allowed this, this tradition of reading to continue on, and I know that my, my grandkids are being loved by their parents and that, they're, that, they're, that there's a fellowship and connection at the table. There's something beautiful about the table. That's what I want. So that I'd say that'd be your foundation. And then from there, if after you have your why, that's mine. And it, and it should be entirely unique to yourself. So after you have your why, you want to then build upward. And how do you build upward? That's what scaffolding is for. So then you have the framework of the house, you put together the, the walls of the house and then you, you go up and then you're going to have to build the second story. But you, you know, you, do, you don't build the second story first. You don't build the roof first. You want to, you want to get the, you know, the walls of the first floor up. So have your why and get the, the walls of the first floor up to this read aloud at dinner or reading aloud as a family. You don't have to read aloud at dinner. Just my recommendation. I'm going to use a personal example to illustrate this. So I'm going to talk about um, our religion. So my wife and I, we are Catholic. So if there's any Catholics out there, this will make a ton of sense. And if you're not, just think of it like, oh, you know, this is a peculiar, peculiar, strange thing. And, you know, he's weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. Too super weird. But let's use this as an example. So when we were trying to get more serious about our Catholic faith is we really wanted to attend mass or church regularly. We went to church every single Sunday, not missing unless the kids were sick. So we would go every single Sunday, not missing church. We have to and, and, and I'm using mass and I'm using religion on purpose. I'm using it because if you think of like a ritual, 
And oftentimes when we think of rituals, we think of, you know, you know, high church. If you, I mean, if you're, if you are Protestant Christian, then of course, or, uh, or Jewish, you understand this idea of high church, this liturgy, this formality, this, this idea of consistency going on a regular basis somewhere. Same thing for here. You want to get in the pattern. You want there to be a ritual. You want there to be where you don't miss. So just like we go to mass every week, you are going to try to read together as a family every single day or once a week, right? Maybe that that's one way to start. I'm going to read a lot as a family once a week. Or I'm going to read a lot as a family for five days. Think of like establishing that ritual. So after we were able to get going to church every single week, then we wanted to start praying at night as a family. So we, um, in our family, we do the Hail Mary, the rosary before bed. And the rosary is a long prayer. It's, it's, you know, people can say it in 15 minutes, but that's like if you're really booking it through this, this, this prayer. And just to give you a sense of what it is, it's, it's, it's a compilation of four or five prayers, you know, reflecting on our religion and then, you know, saying the hail, you know, hail Mary full of grace, the Lord is with thee, you know, doing that whole thing 50 times. 50 times with, you know, our father, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, like between every one. And then you have glory bees. And I mean, it's, it, it, it's long and kids, they want, I mean, they just can't focus and it's miserable for them. And it's miserable for the parents. If you ever try to do a whole rosary as a family, I mean, heck, maybe you are amazing at it. Maybe you're Catholic and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, we're able to do it. Well, then just drop a comment in the box and and tell me how you were able to do the whole rosary without any problem or kids wanting to murder you while you slept. It's it's a complicated, it's it's complicated. We wanted to do this and why did we want to do this? We wanted to do this because we wanted to establish a routine as our family to help our kids go to sleep. We we wanted to get away from watching shows before bed. And so instead of watching shows before bed with TV, I'd read that the light, you know, the light keeps children up and you know, then the content of the TV makes them anxious. And there's nothing that, you know, there's nothing more soothing than literally the Hail Marys. I mean, they are soothing. And, you know, sometimes if our kids are anxious, I will t- pull up an app and turn on the Hail Marys, the rosary, and the kids will just like fall asleep. I mean, this, it settles them down. It, it calms them. And so that's why I wanted to do this. So in order to get into this family prayer, though, this rosary, we just started with an Our Father at night before bed. So what's in Our Father? Our Father is like Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, right? That, that, that beautiful prayer. So we just started with the Our Father every night before bed. So we're going to go to bed. We get our pajamas on. I'm exhausted. And we said, we're going to say an Our Father. 
the kids are kneeling and we had to practice kneeling, having our hands and our laps being still. And, and that's just to like, with all the shaking and, and, and calming down and they were gentle. There's no anger. There's no, it's, it's just reminders, gentle, gentle pats. Come sit with me. Will you kneel with me to help calm their bodies down? So when they go to bed, there's not as much going on. After we did the, our father, then we moved on to um, our father and a Hail Mary. So then we did two of them. Then we increased the number of Hail Marys. Now this was hard for me. I tried just trying to do it like 10 at a time. So we did 10 and then we did 20 and then I was moving to 30 and I just realized it was really hard for our kids. And, and I, and then I decided, well, why are you, why are you stressing? Why are you making this more than what it is? Why not just gently walk in this and allow you to slowly change? And again, I talked about like, don't super grow, don't miracle grow your kids. Don't try to push things fast. I mean, I, Whole, I'm holding my, I held my son back from kindergarten when he should have started. He was more than intelligent enough to do so. I'm holding my daughter back from kindergarten and I, I will hold my son back from kindergarten. I want my children with me as long as possible. They're going to go out into this world and I will say bye to them. And I love them. I love them so much. And I... I think it'll be really hard to see them go and I want them to go, but I know that my time is short to teach them so many things, but I want them mature when they get to those, when they're older, they they are more able to grasp these concepts more easily. And I really don't care about my kid being smarter than anyone else. I care about my child knowing that they're loved, my mom and dad. And in that love that they, hopefully share that love with someone else. Uh, For parents to put so much pressure on themselves and on their kids to be the best when, you know, if you have a solid understanding of investing, you, you really could, I mean, I knew a millionaire janitor and uh, he was a millionaire before many, many people because he had a solid understanding of investing. He wasn't a, he was, he, he wasn't playing the stock market. He just put a little aside every year and he worked his job as a janitor because he liked it, but he was a millionaire and he could retire at any day. He just would, would have been bored. So he just kept working. That's what I want for my kids. There's so much freedom that you don't have to worry about college. You don't have to worry about them getting into Harvard or Stanford or, you know, read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and realize what a, I'm just gonna, sorry, I'm gonna say this, what a joke Harvard and Princeton are. It's, um, and if you know, if your kid's going there, I'm sorry for bashing that school, um, um, the Koch brothers and just some, you know, conservative, 
uh, billionaires said they never hire from Ivy League schools. They don't want to hire Ivy League kids. They hire from Midwest universities and they find that they're their best employees. So I think pulling back and being kind to yourself, one of my writing coaches often tells me, lay down the horsewhip, stop beating yourself up. Stop beating yourself, be kind to yourself. And that's exactly what I was doing with my family. I was, I don't know why I was driving them to like, oh, we're gonna say the whole rosary and we're gonna be awesome. Stupid, stupid, that's me. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna find the person that you know has believed some of these college lies and has done stupid, it's me, it's me. You know, I'm the chief stupid in most of this. And I think it's just been reading and listening that has helped me see that I was looking at things the wrong way. And so when you think of your kids in school, you know, yes, you want to teach them, but honestly, if you're disciplined and you do things regularly on a consistent basis, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to mess that up. It's pretty hard to mess that up. And this is the example. So what we did was we took, um, so the first day of the month, we would say one Hail Mary. Second day, we'd say two. Third day, we say three. And then we'd move up slowly to 30 or 31 days. We still haven't reached because we have a family of five kids and we have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. We still haven't reached the whole, you know, five decades or 50 Hail Marys. But it's been very natural where I've hit that 31 and then it's just been natural just to grow it onto the 50. And that's probably what we'll be doing next. But we just decided to move slowly. And I and in in a year, we'll probably be at the whole rosary, gently, gradually, kindly, as a family. And that's what I'm. So when we're scaffolding, right? Start small, start at that first level, and then slowly build. One thing we have been doing as we've been moving up the the Hail Marys is we've been adding other prayers on to the list. So we say our St. Michael the Archangel prayer and we say our guardian angel prayer that our kids are memorizing. So now the kids are, you know, now they have, they, they're memorized the glory be, the St. Michael prayer, the, the, the guardian angel prayer. We're going to do the hail Holy Queen. We're going to move into that. And it's, it's just been natural. We just slowly add these different prayers on to, in, into our kids' lives. And it actually extends the amount of time that we're being together as a family before bed. And it does calm them down. Uniting our voices together as our family. And kids like that ritual. They like the consistency. And we have we've tried sending our kids to bed without prayer because dad had a bad day or mom had a bad day. I mean, we're human. And 
they ask, aren't we going to pray? I'm thinking, you want to sit through 20 Hail Marys, a Glory Be, and Our Father, uh, St. Michael, I mean, no one wants to do that. (laughs) I don't want to do that, but they do because they long for that ritual and they long for that structure. A lot of reading aloud as a family and growing in love is repetition, and repetition is boring, and it looks boring and ugly like scaffolding. When you go out, I want you to like look and pay attention to scaffolding. Maybe it's it's erected beside a house, or maybe it's by a building in, in, in a city. It's usually yellow or peeling paint or gray, stainless steel, not even no, not even stainless steel just like you know that steel color and it just looks ugly and boring and things are connected and it's the same thing over and over and over again but it's that consistency it's that structure the way that it's laid out that gives it its strength that allows it to stand under pressure that this same pattern built upon itself will hold will hold its weight will allow you to climb higher and get the work done that you need to get done. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's it for part one. That's an extended metaphor. Yes, I'm using religion as an extended metaphor, but hang with me. The metaphor will play out. And if you want to understand how the metaphor plays out or, or, or what I was trying to teach with that, maybe you saw where I was going, hey, check out next week's podcast, part two, where I'll complete the metaphor and I'll line it up with reading aloud as a family. This is Daniel Bernstrom or Daniel Bernstrom from the Read Aloud Dinner podcast. Thank you for listening today. And I look forward to being with you next week. Goodbye.